And good afternoon, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Brunch with Tony. I am your host, Tony Defio. Thank you, as always, for joining me on this not-so-great Saturday. It's rainy. I didn't know it was supposed to rain today, but whatever. It's still not that cold, and we're only a few days away from Thanksgiving, so lots to look forward to. And as always, uh, before I begin, I want to encourage you to please check out the Behind the Snow Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you countless podcasts each and every week. There's the Steelers Hangover with yours truly and Brian Anthony Davis uh, every Monday at five o'clock. There's the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and his brother Rich. There's the Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman, Brian Anthony Davis, and Dave. There's Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Michael Beck. And of course, please check out our audio platform where we have the Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, the Live Mike with Michael Beck, the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, the Retro Show with yours truly and Brian Anthony Davis. So please check those out and you can find those on any audio platform, anywhere you, you can find a podcast. And please check out Behind the Store Curtain, where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. As you like to say, it's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. So, as always, I have a few topics I'd like to discuss on today's show, starting with last week's 36-10 victory over the Bengals at Heinz Field. That improved the Steelers' record to 9-0. The first time they were – that's the first time they've, they've – uh, had that kind of start in the, in the franchise history, which uh, is one week after they started 8-0 for the first time in franchise history. So they just keep on rolling. And before I continue, I just want to welcome the folks in the live chat. There's just me, Ryan O'Toole, Steelers Pittsburgh, Tyler Crommy. So thank you guys for joining me. And I hope to find many more in the live chat before today's show is over. I look forward to interacting with you guys. But back to last Sunday's game. Ah, there's Wes Hickok, my man Wes. All right. He always has some interesting interesting uh, tidbits and, and breaking news and, and, and stats. So looking forward to interacting with, with Wes. But uh, it, was, uh, it was typical of, I think, most Steelers games this year. Um, it, it, didn't, it didn't necessarily wow you, uh, at least on offense. Um, it was just pretty, it was pretty methodical. The Steelers were pretty efficient. Inside the red zone, they were scored touchdowns on uh, four trips out of five, which you'll take that every week. Um, uh, it's it, it, like I keep saying, it was like a the way their offense uh, functions this year with, with the short passing game with under Ben. It's like death by a thousand cuts. I mean, you know, you don't you don't feel like you're getting gashed, you know. And, and if you're watching, you don't feel like you're watching this explosive attack. But you look up at the end of the day, and then it's you know, 24 points, 28 points. Last week, 36. They're averaging 30.1 points a game, I believe. So uh, you can't argue with that. Uh, you know, um, as far as the, on the defensive side, it's what we've come to expect. Uh, they they got after the rookie Joe Burrow relentlessly, sacked him four times, took the football away twice. And, and and unlike previous weeks, they only they only allowed uh, ten points. I I really you know credit them with with uh, seven. Uh, the 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 other three, the, the late field goal, I I put that on the special teams for allowing the uh, 
the fake uh, punt at the end of the game that it was already decided. Still, though, it was a uh, it was a great performance by the defense. Maybe the best performance of the year by the defense. Uh, you could either argue that game or the the Browns game a few weeks earlier, but it was still, no matter how you slice it, it was a great performance all the way around. And um, it's funny. It was it was funny watching that game because uh, at, at halftime it was twenty two to seven, and <laughs> according to Twitter, it was like, oh man, what, what are we going to do to to have a better second half? You know. Uh, uh, but I mean, I just think that I I think that's more. It's indicative of, of where we are in 2020 as far as the uh, the highlight society. You know, it's like if you go on YouTube, you can find the uh, 15, 20 minute clip of, of any game. And it's basically to show you the, the highlights. And of course, we everybody has the red zone packages. So we're, we're, we're not used to seeing like the, the the ebbs and flows of football games or, or, or I should say we're not used to experiencing that because we're we're all about the highlights now and all about the, the red zone package and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I mean. As I, as I say to people, you know, the great thing about having YouTube and, and, and you know, and being, able to, being able to go back and watch old broadcasts of games from the 70s, those great 70s teams and the 90s, they had a lot of great teams in the 90s, 2000s. If you go back and watch those games, not just the highlights, you'll see a lot of really good football players <laughs> making some mistakes, looking ordinary. So, you know, I... I was very pleased with um, with with last Sunday's performance. It was a, it was a, a very business like game, and and the only uh, the only question that came out of that out of that game. And by the way, I want to welcome some more people to live chat: Leonardo Torres, Ezra, Snowman, Pappy W. Thank you to everybody who's joining me throughout the show. But uh, where was I? Oh yeah, the only um the I guess the 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 biggest concern coming out of last week's game had to do with the with the running game, and it was it was the third straight week that the the team um, only rushed for uh, forty plus yards. I think it was forty four. The week before that was forty six, and before that it was forty eight. So I guess they're uh, they're really on a decline. And people were, that that's been the talk all week at, on, on behind the curtain on talk radio on the internet, everywhere. It's what's up with the ground game and can they get it? Can they fix it? Well, first of all, I don't think they're going to average 40 plus yards a game the rest of the year. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fix it to the point where it's respectable, you know, but there's this concern that, that um, at some point this year, they're going to need to run a game to, to uh, execute in order to win a game. But that's just, I mean, we don't know that. We don't know that. Uh, what, do we do, do they need the running game to be effective again? Yeah, of course you want it to be effective, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately gonna gonna come uh, come down to Ben Roethlisberger and and the team, the offense executing within the identity that it's established so far this year. And what we've seen so far this year is is a, a short passing game, the jet sweeps, you know. And if they if they execute those plays then I don't think the running game is really going to come back and kill them. I think a lot of people, they, they have this – well, first of all, it's Pittsburgh, and then it's Steeler Nation as a whole, and we have this mentality that you have to rush the ball. You have to, you know, the, you have to run the ball to win, but really it's just a matter of doing what you do best to win a football game. And I think you saw that last week. 
against the Bengals. You know, it was great defense, opportunistic defense. They got after Joe Burrow. They confused him. It, it was a great game for great game for the defense and the offense. It was just it came down to efficiency. They they executed the the, the short passing game. Um, so I, I think we 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 have this this vision in our minds that, that at some point. There, there's going to be this this slobber knocker game where they're they're going to have to run the ball to win, and even even if there's a a game that that that's low scoring and it's a defensive battle, at at some point it's going to it's probably going to come, going to come down to Ben Roethlisberger's arm and, and whether or not he can he can execute and 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 make the passes that he has to make it when he has to make them. Like, I, I'm watching this uh, for the retro show for the purposes of of our weekly retro show. I'm, I'm currently watching a game from 2010 between the Steelers and the Ravens, you know, sort of like a primer for the Thanksgiving game next week. That's probably what you're going to hear on Monday. I'm, I'm assuming. And, and that game was low scoring of 13, 10, a lot of, a lot of defense, uh, a lot of hard hits. Ben broke his nose in that game. Uh, but what happened at the end? How, how did they win? Well, first of all, Troy Paul and Malu, uh, strip sack Joe Flacco and, and and set the Steelers up in prime field position, and and Ben hit Isaac Redmond for a touchdown pass to win the game thirteen ten. So it ultimately came down to Ben Roethlisberger's arm, just like it came down to his arm in two thousand eight so many times. You know the Steelers only finished twenty third uh, in, in in rushing that year on the way to the Super Bowl. You know, and I had I went back and jotted down some stats from the last ten Super Bowl winners, and. On average, the the last ten Super Bowl winners, they finished fourteen between fourteenth and fifteenth. You know, it was fourteen point four, but around fourteen in the league in rushing. Uh, last year, the, the Colts, I'm sorry, the Chiefs finished twenty third. The year before, the Patriots finished fifth. That was pretty good. And, and the year before that, the the Eagles finished third, and the Patriots finished seventh in twenty sixteen. But then you go back to 2015, uh, Peyton Manning, that, that, that Broncos team, they finished 17th. The, the uh, Patriots finished 18th in 2014. The Seahawks finished 4th in 2013. The Ravens finished 11th in 2012. Uh, the Giants finished dead last in 2011. And the Packers finished 24th in, 20, in 2010. But if you look at the quarterback list, you have Mahomes, Brady, Foles, which, you know, he's not 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 a hall of famer but he's you know he has his moments certainly an outlier there uh uh, uh peyton manning russell wilson uh joe flacco who had his uh his, his best year in 2012 and of course uh, eli manning and, and 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 uh aaron Rodgers. so you have a lot of uh future hall of fame quarterbacks in, in there and that's probably the, the, the had more to do with them those teams winning than, than the running game and uh, I grew up in the in the nineties. Well, I didn't grow up in the nineties. I was in my twenties in the nineties, but I was uh, I was privy to a lot of great Steelers uh, years, as you guys were out there, I'm sure. And and they always, uh, Bill Cower always um, emphasized rushing the football, right? And they were constantly f- ranked in the top five. A couple of times they were ranked number one uh, during that six year run where they uh, they made the playoffs every year, but. Interestingly enough, the only year that they made the Super Bowl in that run, they finished 12th. So it, was, it, it came down more to the uh, to Donald and, and the uh, five receiver set that, that they implemented under Chan Gailey, who was the offensive coordinator at that time. So I'm not saying the running game isn't important, 
But what I am saying is, is it, it's, it's not going to come down to that. It's, it's whether or not the Steelers uh, uh, ultimately have success in this, in the postseason, which I assume they're going to make the postseason now. Now I know they better, but our, our heads are going to roll. I'm assuming, but um, it's going to come down to, to them executing the plays that, that it, it, within the identity that they've established this year. You take last week, for example, uh, there was a play in the first quarter where they ran a, a it was a little uh, receiver pass behind the line of scrimmage. I think it was to Juju or it was to Deontay Johnson. I forget. It was like third and two or third and one, third and three. It was third and short. I know that. And you've seen them run this play countless times this year and pick up first downs. Well, on this particular play, they didn't. So they didn't execute, uh, you know, credit to the Bengals defense for, for snuffing it out, but still, uh, you, know, ha- you know, had they executed on that play, had they, had they, you know, been on their, you know, blocks, the offensive line, tight ends, whoever, then they probably would have uh, picked up a first down. And uh, if you remember a week earlier against the Cowboys, uh, people, uh, people were harping on the, on the, uh, what was it fourth and one? They went for it, uh, and they didn't make it. And the, the Cowboys had one last chance to to come back and, and win that game. Um, but the play before that on the jet sweep, uh, Chase Claypool, it looked like he was. I mean, I called the play before it before it even before it even uh, happened. That's all. That's all. How much I've seen it so far this year, and he was going to pick up the first down. It would appear, but but he was so intent on staying in bounds that he kind of gave himself up and. and and, and slid before he picked up the first down. Um, and I know why he did that because coaches are just always preaching, stay in bounds, stay in bounds. But whether he went out of bounds or not at that point, I don't know how many timeouts the Cowboys had, but if he gets the first down there, regardless of the timeout situation or anything, and regardless if he goes out of bounds or not, the Steelers would run out the clock at that point. So that, that play was just a matter of executing. So uh, it's just going to come down to, execution uh it's obvious that the teams have figured out a way to stop the Steelers run the last few weeks and now it's up to the Steelers to try to try to uh, uh combat that and I think one of the one of the ways that they do that is is by being able to hit on more of these uh deep balls I think that would open things up a little bit and and I think one of the biggest problems that and I mentioned this last week is for whatever reason when Ben drops back to pass and and on, on a deep pass, he doesn't wait a beat. Like usually a, a quarterback will hit his fifth or a seventh uh, step and then he'll wait a beat uh, and then, and then throw. Well, it seems like he's hitting that last step and just throwing the ball. Uh, you saw the one to chase Claypool uh, on the uh, near sideline last week. He, he, he dropped back, boom, and threw it. And it was, wasn't even close. It went out of bounds. But if you remember on the, the, the deep pass to Deontay Johnson down on the far sideline, I think it was for 46 yards. It was a perfect pass. If you, if you notice in that play, he waited a beat and then, and then threw the ball. And I don't know. This is the first time I've seen, at least to my recollection, uh, recollection this is the first time I've seen Ben uh, be so hurried on deep passes. Uh, I, I don't know if he's just, if, if it's something to do with the line, I mentioned this last week. I don't know if it's something to do with the line, or if he's just skittish from being out a year, if he's afraid of taking a hit, I don't know what it is. But when he when he drops back to pass uh, for on a deep uh, a deep ball, it seems like he's throwing it just as actually he is throwing it just as quickly as he does on a short pass. So 
I think if they can figure that out, it, it, it certainly it's certainly affecting the timing and, and, and the accuracy and the rhythm. And, and, and maybe I'm just imagining it, but that's, that seems to be an, an issue. Uh, so if they can figure that out, I think that, that would, first of all, would go a long way in, in making the deep ball more effective. Not that they have to have, you know, f- five or six deep passes a game, you know, that, 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 that hit, but it would certainly make it more effective on the, on the, on the two or three that they do hit, you know, that they, they do try during the game. But ultimately, I, I don't want to see them just try to establish a run just to just to do it, you know, just to just to prove to people that they can do it. You know, it's like um, it's like when you have a when you buy a new electronic device, like, a uh, I guess, a smartphone and you everything that you need on it to work works, you know, whether it's for work or just for for, you know, pleasure, you know, to communicate with people, everything you need works but you for some reason you can't get this one feature to work and it's driving you crazy and and every time you try to make it work you screw up your phone and you lose your whatever your contacts or or whatever you have to you have to restart your phone um i I don't want to see the Steelers just uh have to you know i don't want to see them try to establish the run just to do it like for example against the jaguars on sunday i don't want to see them beat their head up against the wall for uh, 25 or 30 plays and, and, and make that game closer than it should be. You know, it's, it's like the saying goes, dance with what brought you. We all knew last year that the season would ride on Ben Roethlisberger's arm. At the end of the day, it was, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to whether or not he can execute the passing game. And so far, so good. You know, I, I, and, and I don't know what the deal is with, with the people's opinions of him or, you know, I don't, I don't try to harp on that stuff too, too much, but it's clear what he means to this team. You know, I mean, Chris Sims and all these people with their rankings, they can, they can rank him wherever they want. It, it's silly. It's stupid. And I can see why people get all worked up about it, but there, 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 I don't think there's anybody that, that, you know, if you want to, if you don't want to include him in that comeback player of the year award, because Alex Smith had a more serious injury, uh, I think that's silly because Alex Smith really isn't doing anything. Yeah, he, it was a grave injury that he suffered, and it's great that he's back. But uh, usually, the comeback player of the year is somebody who's effective. I mean, Sean Sean Spence suffered a really traumatic. I mean, it wasn't life threatening, but it was a really traumatic injury to his knee in his rookie year, and and he come back. He came back from that. I mean, he wasn't really that effective, but he came back. He didn't win any votes, as far as I I can remember. You know, so. Why he's not being seriously considered for that, I, I don't know, other than the, the usual na- nationwide Ben Roethlisberger uh, hatred. And as far as the MVP award and, 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 these, and these people um, not including him in, in the list of the top quarterbacks, that's just ridiculous. You know, there's just nobody that, again, to repeat myself, there's nobody that means more to their team right now than Ben Roethlisberger does. So, Again, to, to bring it back to the running game, uh, yes, the Steelers are going to have to be effective at, at some point, but it's not going to come down to them running the ball uh, to win fo- uh, important games, to win playoff games and win a Super Bowl, whatever. It's going to come down to Ben Roethlisberger. And in conjunction with the defense, continuing to do its thing like like, like it hasn't in, in, in a long time as far as uh, getting after the quarterback and, and certainly taking the, the football away. I mean, they're, they're on pace for 32, 
takeaways are on pace for 64 sacks. So as long as they stay within their identity as a team, as long as they do what they do best, then I think they're going to be all right at the end. And with that rant completed, uh, that brings to a conclusion the first half of this episode of Steelers Brunch with Tony. If you're watching on YouTube, please stay with me. And if you're listening on the audio platform, please download part two of this episode of Steelers Brunch with Tony.